Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesars Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast at work. Cousin Sal, come to you on a Thursday morning, spaghetti and meatballs, fiddling with the knobs, baby face, Joel Solomon, producing this mess, and joining me as always, my dear, dear pal, Dave Damashek, Martin Weiss is on a flight. He didn't realize he would be on a flight until, uh, I don't know, 12, 13 minutes ago, Sheck. So, um... He He's bailed. an expatriate, right? What do you mean? I don't mean, oh, I don't mean like yes. a Jimmy Garoppolo way. I mean, like <laughs> he's moved. He's he's now uh, he's now lives in Mexico for the rest That's of it. his life. Is that yes, true? He's a Mexican. So he, he and uh, Jesse, the body Ventura, I think are shacking up together. So uh, interesting going on there. But we'll see him uh, next week. Uh, let's bring up the big news check in the NFL. Trey Lance named the 49ers third string quarterback behind Brock Purdy. And Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold's a guy everybody left for dead, shouldn't be in the league. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, with a arm injury. Trey Lance, that's the guy they traded three first-round picks to get. I, I don't. I just feel like if this happened to our favorite team, we'd be screwed for a half a decade. But because it's the 49ers, it doesn't really matter, right? Right. That's the takeaway. I think the thing that if you feel this... Uh, this uh, quiet sense of sort of frustration about it. And you can't figure out exactly why it's because the 49ers fluked their way into what seems at least, I don't know that Brock Purdy, I'm not as sold on Brock Purdy as it seems like a lot of people are, but it seems like they just fluked their way past a potentially colossal bad move, which was trading all those picks to get Trey Lance and for him to be at least to this point, a gigantic bust. But yeah. the scales of justice have worked out because they also got Brock Purdy. So, so big deal. But it is funny how it points to Shanahan is um, and John Lynch, largely that that little mini era that they have going there. I think it's like four or five years at least now. It's perceived as a great success because it is a great success. Um, but uh, they're considered to be brilliant personnel guys. Well, they're the guys who went out of their way. To, to trade for Trey Lance. And it's a mm-hmm. terrible, they, they deserve no credit for Brock Purdy. I see people attempting to, Hey, they use that. They could have taken somebody else. They're like, it's the last pick of the draft. That's a fluke pick. They were not expecting yeah. Brock Purdy to become anything, obviously. Um, and it's all going to work out in their favor. It seems unless Brock Purdy goes under, but yeah, now well, Sam Darnold, the third overall pick five years ago, who was, right. uh, who, who now stands as a reclamation project. Now, may end up being it is funny to think sam darnold may be with as many injuries as we've seen sam darnold is in a sneaky spot to play a major role in the nfc this year sure and well you i never thought about it that way but yes they did draft trey lance so you can't give them all the credit in the world all the credit they seem to get lynch and shanahan but i wonder if they set themselves up for even uh a further greatness because now they can say, all right, we had this pick. It was supposed to be great. It wasn't just us who loved them. You know, Trey Lance is at the top of everybody's board or right right in there in the middle. And look at this. We're still able to do it with this quarterback. I, I know they have to win a Super Bowl or two somewhere to uh, uh, eventually make this claim. But isn't that is – wouldn't you want to be that kind of coach? Like, yeah, I won the Super Bowl with four 
quarterbacks in nine years. Wouldn't that be like, oh man, that is. That's right. You want to be, that's a great point. You want to be Joe Gibbs, right? Yeah, right. Got me. uh, I inherit Theisman. Okay. I'll make that work with him. Uh, Doug Williams, uh, be not just uh, a capable player, but the MVP throws four touchdowns in that Super Bowl to win. And then Mark Rippon has Mm -hmm. one of the weirdest single seasons this side of Brady Anderson hitting 50 home runs for the Baltimore Orioles. Mark Rippon is the NFL MVP on a juggernaut Washington team that came out of Mark Rippon, no indication before or after in his career that he had that in him. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's funny to play the game of undoing the good fortune of mm-hmm. like, I mean, the best example is Belichick. What, what is, what is Bill Belichick's place in NFL history? If they don't fluke into Tom Brady, if yeah. that, if that doesn't work there, but I mean, obviously Russell Wilson, they weren't built around Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll and those Seahawks teams. They take a flyer on him in the third. They were built They were ready to roll with Matt Flynn. I mean, the, the way you can disrupt NFL history by taking away like the the just the good luck picks that mm-hmm. you got um, change things dramatically. It seems like a list you would. And, make, and by yeah. the way, you know what? Yeah. I don't know why we're talking. The, the the greatest flame out that people don't like to talk about because it's disrespectful to a, a giant of the game is uh, what Don Shula didn't do with Dan Marino. Boy, did mm-hmm. he screw Don Shula screwed that up, but good. How did how did he screw up the Dan Marino era oh, yeah. as badly as he did? But right. but but just whisper that because people don't like you saying bad. No, you can't sure. say that. So I think you could make a list. This is something I feel like you would like to do of the greatest coaches of all time. You know, in terms of relevance to the quarterbacks that they've been saddled with or they've had through the years. And so you would say maybe even and if you did that, Joe Gibbs would be ahead of Bill Belichick. This is an interesting exercise because so many, a a giant percentage of head coaches' careers probably overlap with their Hall of Fame QB. So it might be hard to figure out exactly. Like, Noel was with Bradshaw from 69 to like what, 82, and then only goes to what, like 90 or so with, with Mark Malone. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I'd love to see how these hall of fame level coaches did when they didn't have a hall of fame QB like Dan, we've talked about Danny white could have been in the hall of fame. If uh, a player three breaks differently Uh, in the early eighties, so he'd be a hall of famer. And then doesn't that burnish Tom Landry's claim to be in the best coach of all time, if he wins multiple super bowls, but then they're like, yeah, right. Then George Seifert doesn't feel, but barely even gets a mention, but right. Maybe the best team of all time, the greatest Super Bowl performance of all time was when the Niners laid it on the Broncos 55-10. And who was yeah, the head coach? I think a lot of people probably think like, oh, yeah, Bill Walsh was the coach, right? It was George no, C. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's a fun exercise. Same, same with the Cowboys when they, I mean, they shellacked the uh, Steelers and that, that wasn't Switzer's team, right? No, indeed. Yeah, they, they they whipped them. They, they, boy, they, they <laughs> shamed them. I can't believe the Steelers even showed up for that game. Uh, well, uh, yeah, but so I think you're right. Like, so Brian Billick doesn't shoot to the top of the list, but gets a little bit of consideration, whereas uh, Don Shula, maybe not as much because of what you said with uh, Marino. And what 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 could have actually been with them, right? I'd love right. to see that. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the guys. Yeah. How many head coaches won Super Bowls or made deep playoff runs with a mediocre mm-hmm. quarterback? Like I guess Ditka is mm-hmm. uh, comes to mind. 
That's a right. fun list. All right, I'm gonna have to contemplate that. I mean, but I guess the Andy Reid. Then the defense gets all the credit, right? Then the uh, is the problem with the yeah. I know. So I, well, I got to see this list. Just try to make it by like this afternoon or something. Andy Reid. Andy Reid has like uh, he had those Alex Smith, uh, Alex Smith Chiefs <laughs> playing pretty. He did. He they, those were. No, I'm laughing because we have this team. conversation with, with Harry all the time. He, he won't give Andy Reid an ounce of credit. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know, it was. Uh, he thought Donovan McNabb was much better than uh, Reid made him out to be. And now he has Patrick McCombs. But and I try to point to the Alex Smith years and he's like, well, he was a number one pick overall. I've got I've gone back and forth. But yeah, so I, I know what you're going to say about Reid. Right. So he lands in the middle. No, I'm saying Andy Reid oh. deserves uh, deserves great praise for oh, like okay, I, good. I I think it's funny I, I, I you know with college football on my brain now the two big examples I have are are Dabo down in Clemson mm. and James Franklin in Penn State where I I keep thinking there's a potential for there to be an Andy Reid kind of effect which is Penn State and Clemson have a knack of staying relevant obviously but mm. can they really when they get over the hump, then when they're a potential final four team with a shot at the national championship, obviously Clemson has done that when they had Trevor right. Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. If you take a step back even slightly, you're still good, but you can't win it all. Andy Reid couldn't win it all with Alex Smith gets Patrick Mahomes right. that sends him to the top of the mountain. I, I feel like Clemson and Penn state, because they have this high pedigree QB all of a sudden, they, they mm. all of a sudden have a chance to ascend there. So I All right, well, so I, I, as a side note, Penn State and Clemson are are, are good plays. I'm not advocating for Penn State because <laughs> I hate them, but just as a side note, squeezing that in, Sal, just squeezing it in. Dabo Sweeney, Don Shula, yeah, we'll make the list, and no matter what, it won't no, be Shula down, so Dabo, who I don't like up. Oh, you know, I don't gotcha. like Penn State. Also up. Gotcha. Got to give you well, good bets, not not good people. No, I like it. Speaking of uh, good bets and good, well, let's go over. We're going to take a break, and then I want to go over hard knocks. Did you watch? I watched. Um, I, I watched. I think it's slip. I think it's slipping a little. But anyway, boring, we'll come back yeah. and talk about it in a minute. We'll be right back. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Two words: Caesar's Rewards. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesar's can offer: hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, and more. It's not just an app; it's an empire. You must be 21 and older and physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. No one stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem, Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or maryland visit mdgamblinghelp.org or west virginia visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP colorado dc nevada wyoming kansas call 1-800-522-4700 indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117-NEW YORK, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, so we want to talk about Hard Knocks. What was that, the third episode check the other day, Tuesday? Yeah, certainly um, our most boring episode of the three, right? I think so, too. And worse than that, I think it's setting up for something we are not used to in the end. Now, I don't know what I read this or so this was someone's opinion or what, but I felt like they, someone said that it's going to be different in that they're not going to focus on the cuts, the cutting uh, process, which um, – was kind of my favorite part of the whole thing. I mean, I love American Idol when the, the bad singers have voted off or even the good singers have voted off, right? Uh, but but there was a, the, the, the vibe was that it was too mean and they were not going to focus on that. And it does seem like that's the way they're going because I think this time last year and years past, they would, you know, focus on like five or six rookies. Right now, we don't really see any. We saw the pit kid who got hurt, unfortunately, but I don't, so I don't even know if that factors into one of the tough decisions when it comes down to cuts, but do you get that? Do you get that vibe that it's not going to be, that's not going to be how it is. It's funny. I, I mean, I, now that you say it's like, yeah, of course you're absolutely right. I hadn't considered the fact that yes, almost every season of hard knocks runs through those rookies who are, uh, who are on the cut line there. There's none of that this year. That was boy. I didn't register to me. You're right. Yes. The, And I and I did it did occur to me, obviously, as I'm watching Izzy Abana and and hoping he makes it in the NFL, that when they got Dalvin Cook, that that could potentially lead to him being cut. But, yeah, that's the am, am I missing one? That's like the one and only. And then the well, guy had those, has it called the rapper, the, carcuterie, yeah, the, right. the rapper right. thing. By the way, I, I'm sorry to be a curmudgeon. I thought the rapping thing. I see social media the next day, like greatest moment in, in five years on that show. Like it was uh, Woody Johnson. Wasn't that awesome when he had, when he broke out that yeah. necklace, was it? I mean, I don't know. I, I yeah. feel like I'm missing a lot of the charm. Although the one looming exception to that is Aaron Rodgers. Boy, he seems like a, just a, doesn't he just come off? There is, there is nobody who has swan like, I think if you followed Ted Cruz around with a camera, I don't think mm. that you would find him like, ah, you know what? When you see him in those quieter moments, you got to admit, pretty cool guy. Well, Aaron Rodgers is that guy. It does seem like, all right. Yeah. I, well, how, 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 uh, how much can I knock this guy? Well, he seems laid back, seems to have this world of pro football all figured out and knows how to charm everybody um on the spaghetti try to tell us no no but i i think in fairness to us and maybe we didn't like him because of some of his stances and some of his belief in whatever whatever he does but uh i i don't we've seen him on mcafee we've seen him a million he doesn't he's not this person maybe when he was on with the barstool guys we got caught a glimpse of it because but i think they beat that out of him a little bit but yeah this is to, to me a whole different uh persona and again, times are good. So uh, maybe that's what reflected of, of his uh, positive 
nature. You know what I think? Goes on. Can yeah. I say, I, I was thinking about this. I haven't, it's not a fully formed thought, but I think that in, you know, it, it, the way social media works, I think there's a perception that's been created uh, mm-hmm. throughout society that we all, because we can tweet at um, the president of the United States or a big time yeah. celebrity or whatever, like we don't like that guy's politics. He's a big commentator on mm-hmm. the other side of the aisle or whatever you would, however you put that. And I think we perceive that we can injure them. We can hurt their feelings. And that's a goal. Like you see that we're trying to hurt other people's feelings all the time. And I think you have to keep in mind that you are not actually reaching any of those people. You're not bothering any of those people. And this thing of like, I'm going to call that person stupid on social media and that'll really get to them. And maybe they'll block me and like, look, I got under his skin. Sure. Like they're, they're, the victory of doing all that. I, Aaron Rodgers is a powerful reminder. Like you have everything going for you. Like you think you're reaching Aaron Rodgers. You think you're making him bummed out with uh-huh. that, with it. Like he, that guy's worth a hundred million dollars. He's whatever he is. Not he's barely 40 years of age. Like, of course, his life is good. We create, and I'm saying we, I'm talking about like we create this thing in our brain of like that he's a tortured soul or something, and you're trying to get under yeah. it. Like that's not a he's, he's a rich guy. He's a, you think that guy has any problems in the world? He does not. He doesn't like Brian Gut, doesn't like Goody in Green Bay. Like that ain't consuming his life. He's got a nice, yeah. easy going life. He has a goes out and eats at a five-star restaurant and then has lunch the next day at another five-star restaurant if that's his desire. Like you're not reaching these people. Stop wasting your time, I guess, on social well, but media I, trying I, to I, get under people's skin. You ain't doing it. I think I think you're not doing it 99.9% of the time, but it's like a lottery ticket, right? For the one time that Kanye West um jars hmm. back and forth on social media with some nobody. Like, oh, man, I got a shot here. I am getting under someone's skin. So as long as there's that opportunity and and also the yeah, like you said, the showing off. Hey, look what I look what I tweeted at Aaron Rodgers today to your your friends and everything. But I think that, anyway. that, I, that is a great misperception, though. Like, hey, blank, block me. I did it. Like, what do you do? You yeah. think that person's thinking about you 20 seconds right. after they blocked you ever again yeah. for the rest of their life? They're not. That's it. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk. Yeah, I was I was surprised by the rap. I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon either, but I, I was surprised that they showed that whole thing. F bombs, uh, gratuitous F bomb. You know, it's one thing if the coach is uh, going at it after his players, but a, a whole uh, very sexually graphic rap and everything. It wasn't. I don't know. I feel like uh, what a square. Like a Sal the square. Look at that. I was just like, oh man, this is uh, unless they're a bad word. This kid, but that's one of the kids who could get cut, maybe right. One of the two? I don't know. So maybe that's... I think that now we have something to root for. We root for that kid to get cut. (laughs) Well, that's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look how much everybody loved him. Gone. Jobless in uh, two weeks. But what uh, jumped out at me, and I thought this would be a good conversation with you. The very beginning of the episode, we see Robert Sala. And do you remember the four four levels of competitors? I, I I, I, I know one's a commander, right? Good, good. That's the bottom. That's the that's best the you can be. That's the top. Yes, that's the top. I like that he can play. My, my favorite thing was when mm-hmm. Quinn and Williams, after it's all done, like the, the big payoff of the whole thing, like Quinn and Williams is telling the coach what he wants to hear. He's like, I'm not just a, I'm a commander. Yeah. And Bob Sala cynically says back to him, he's like, 
Well, you better be. That's why you get paid all that money. It's like, wasn't that your yeah. whole point, coach, that the money doesn't matter <laughs> in the right. situation? Like, it's just about like, <laughs> it's all pap. You made it clear that you don't even believe it. I right. You want you want like you want a jerk opinion. Competitors. I like that the four level of competitors com- includes the word competitors. So it was commanders, competitors <laughs> underneath, contenders, uh, third to last, and then survivors. Um, which I would like to be a survivor. I, I love the the show and everything. But I anyway, couldn't write if you show those words. Which do you want to yeah. be? First of all, yeah. like I don't I don't know. I I did know that he was very pleased with himself on that one, and in advance of it. If Aaron Rodgers, if the whole month weren't devoted to the right. Aaron Rodgers is a good guy project, Aaron Rodgers very likely would have shot back. Like, so it starts like Bob Sala goes like, hey, everybody pay attention. Even you, Aaron, can learn something here. Then yeah, he goes right. through that nonsensical, like, here are the four <laughs> stages of being competitive. Like Aaron yeah. Rodgers should have raised his hand. Like, I didn't learn anything. What the hell was that, you bald weirdo? And by the way, I'll tell you something else. I think that Bob Sala makes the list of people in sports who would not like me if they met me. I think oh, Bob really? Sala, I don't think he and I would like be, you know, Why? real palate. I don't know. I think he would think he would find me slight and, and unserious oh, or something. I think, I think, he, would, I don't think he would care for he, my way. You know what? He has seven kids. You have 11 or 12, right? I think right, you commiserate true. over that. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, you're right. I, and the cutaways to Aaron Rodgers, you'd never know if they're cutting away to his reaction to uh, Salah's like, <laughs> diatribe by the four levels of competitors, or if that's a cutaway that happened 20 minutes earlier. But they make it like he's kind of taking it in and not laughing at it. But yeah, what is he going to do with something like that? But it made me think like, Boy, Vince Lombardi really screwed things up for other coaches, right? With coming out with <laughs> winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. And that's untoppable. And yet now you have guys like Robert Saul, like, oh, I, I got I to gotta son. We got to start the out. Oh, they want to start the episode with something, um, something that I said that's important. Oh, man. All right. I got to think about this. Now I got to take two hours to figure out what, what this is going to be. It's like, <laughs> no. So if he had never said that, I wonder if there would be that much pressure on these coaches. I, it's an interesting thought you 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 throw out there. Or is he are, are all head coaches just chasing Rex Ryan? Uh, right. Now let's go have a goddamn <laughs> snack. That's really the level you want to hit if you're the head coach. If you're reaching, yeah. you can. You know, I've said to to people like the worst thing you can do. I, I wouldn't know about uh, about being funny, but like funny people, I always what you can tell is like what the thing that they have going for them that uh, aggressively unfunny people don't have, which is you can feel the effort to be funny from unfunny people. And that then exposes mm-hmm. them as not being funny. Same thing with these coaches. I feel like they've tasked themselves or there's some, like you say, Lombardi or uh, yeah. Newt Rockney hovering in the back of their brain. Like I got to do that. And it's like, yeah. Hey, uh, Hey, you're a gym coach. Don't uh, don't don't <laughs> overreach here. You, you you don't have the answers to to uh, human existence because you're a because you're a football. Right. Like, well, just, that yeah. Combined, just talk about football. Don't like Bill got, Belichick gets by without laying lay yeah. grand philosophy on his uh, on his defensive unit, right? Yeah, don't fall for. I think there, there's added pressure because the cameras are in their faces, right? Right. So that's what I'm that's saying. Like, right. Yeah, they feel like they have to do yeah. it. That's it's something Lombardi didn't have. imagine if the cameras were if it's like the Packers of 1968 were on hard knocks and Lombardi would he have to come up with like a gem every four minutes like oh my god 
leave me alone already. Let me run away. But uh, yeah, the worst, the worst, but we should figure out. I, cause I, in my head, I think the, the, the three worst, I mean, I think that Bob Sala, it's funny. I think that's one of the worst moments. It's in the top 10 most embarrassing head coach moments in, in hard knocks history. Uh, Cause it just made no sense. But the number one to me, I think is when Mike Smith at the very start of the Falcons entire hard knock season is him coming mm. into the room and he's wearing those Tiva sandals and tries to give a rah Oh yeah. That was the number one, most embarrassing Dave Campo trying oh. to trying to get the, the whole team fired up in a huddle. That was embarrassing. Her oh, Edwards- Campo was it. What was it, Campo in the in the Sea World in the the big fat uh, wetsuit? Was it that Campo? That's right. I'm thinking of him more. I'm thinking of him more in the middle of the circle, Ugh. trying trying to lead the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. It's one thing if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, oh he's the head God. coach of that team that wears aqua down somewhere mm. in Florida that I can't find on a map. But this is uh this is America's team. Dave Campos, their head coach. That was a dark moment. Yeah. Um, and um, Herm Edwards had a bunch of funny ones just floating from oh, yeah. position group to position group room, just floating in, talking jive everywhere. He's like, hey, now, on Sundays now, right. we're going to show up. And we're going to do it different now. You get it. Yeah. It's in the head, but it's in the heart. <laughs> Think about it. And then he would like walk out of the room and everybody would be like, what the hell would this happen? Who, who was that guy? Um, yeah. Those were some yeah. bad ones. Anyway. And, you know, what's weird is with all these inspirational speeches and everything that's set up, then Machio comes in at the end and steals the day. He gets the team uh, huddled around him, and he basically comes out there and says, you know, as an old friend, you know, movie, you know. You sound like him when you do that. How how do you know know how to say friend like he says it? You say it just right. You know, the the great uh, Mr. Miyagi, friend and teacher, said uh, you need balance to succeed. And uh, it was a little more flowery than that, just slightly more. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, that's not your line. That's not Mr. Miyagi's line. That's not Pat Morita's line. That is somebody who wrote that line, probably some 65-year-old marching in the, the heat right now, uh, you know, um, protesting with a picket sign right now. <laughs> like, oh, that's my, I don't even get credit for that. No one <laughs> wants your Writer's Guild agenda here on this show. Now. Please spare <laughs> To me, that, that guy should get at least four cents for that. From that's absolutely right. And that's that a good question. Thing. That's a yeah. good question. What you see is, who was the, who's the last guy we saw? Somebody else was a celebrity at camp recently, not the magician guy. There was somebody else who they oh, Liam Schreiber. Oh, it was or, Liam uh, Schreiber, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they go with like this thing of like these football guys know me from blank. And so I'm just gonna lean on that yeah. and talk for the 30. The the you you can't like my the the thing I would do, the mistake I would make is I would talk for 27 minutes. And like <laughs> yeah. you know, Najee Harris would be would would be looking at TJ Watt, like, will you shut this guy up already? Like, Yins, I didn't bring him, but if but everybody yeah, just, just say the f word what, just say the f word apparently you'll be fine everybody what is yeah. what is sal's what do you, what's your go-to like wow the dallas cowboys want me to address them hey thanks very much uh coach here let me just this is this is what's on my brain go yeah go yeah. go oh, go ahead you're say? in the circle yeah uh then the training camp hey thousand oaks been a great day of practice men got a little bit oh, better man. each and every day got to show up 
ready to improve and push yourself. And now one of your biggest fans is here to say a few words. You know him. It's Cousin Sal. I think at this part, I just start this point. I just start doing armpit farts and uh, and walk off. Honestly, I got nothing to say. And by the way, you're right. It is the end of practice. These guys are sweating their asses off. They want to get back in the locker room. It's the worst part, right? It's not like you're uh, paid money to see Andrew Dice Clay in 1986. Like, I want to get the hell out of here, Karate Kid. Don't give me some lines I could uh, look up on IMDb. But I mean, they should ask, are you really that big a fan? Tell me about uh, tell me about your favorite Richard Todd moment. Miyagi, right. son. Yeah, Ooh, you don't, you don't really good. know what you're talking about. Since I was this big, like, well, you're still this big. He's 60 years old. He looks like he's 13. He really is. It's unbelievable. By he's the 60. way, two things very quickly in pop culture, two of my favorite movies, you know, Karate Kid. We talked with Mark Caboli of uh, The Athletic, Steelers, mm-hmm. AFC, North Wonk. Talked to him. He he loves the all Miyagi and Daniel-san lore. How did Daniel-san know? He's a New Jersey kid. He doesn't want to move across the country, but his mom insists mm. they moved to Encino, California or nearby Reseda um, from where I right. broadcast right now. Um, he but he goes to Halloween. He has no friends. He goes to the Halloween thing and he has a raggedy old West Chandler, San Diego oh, yeah. Chargers jersey. Where the hell did oh. he get that in L.A.? And it's old too. And why would he buy it? Isn't he a Jets guy? Maybe a Giants right. fan. Why the hell? Where did he get a West Chandler jersey in 1983 in LA? Very strange move. And also, as a side note, because I know you care about wrestling, I, I yeah. sure I'm sure you saw the news. Terry Funk died. Terry I did Funk, see that. who's one of the henchmen in Roadhouse, he's one of the mm-hmm. bad guys. And it's funny because he is beating up Dalton when Wade Garrett shows up and and mm-hmm. Terry Funk says, beat it, dad. And it's funny yes. that Terry Funk calls uh, calls Wade Garrett dad because Funk is two years older in real life than, uh, than Wade Garrett. Is that Garrett. right? Yeah, that's right. Is that what calls it is? Dad. Interesting. Calls him dad. Yeah. Also, nice. Terry Funk choreographed the um, Rocky, oh man, five scene when he fights no uh, Tommy Morrison outside. Yeah, yeah, all the wrestling was choreographed by uh, Terry Funk. The out the the climactic scene at the end on the um, hood of the car. Wow. Yeah, all that the hip tosses and uh, and those things. Yeah, Terry Funk. Yeah. There's a great clip of a hundred chairs being thrown in a ring and and like the the ninety fourth one hits Terry Funk in the head finally. But uh, yeah. He was uh he was a bad dude. And now Scott the Grizz Holmes is claiming that he's the baddest uh man alive from Amazon. Is that true? Time. He's well, I mean, if Funk was, somebody has That's to fill that. So. Exactly. Good for exactly. him. Um, yeah, what did ask I him what, what kind of ask him what level of competitor he is. That'll really decide. Interesting. Is he a commander um, or a survivor? <laughs> I think uh by the way, I was thinking of something karate kid. I know we're, we we have a lot to t- talk about here. I mm-hmm. uh we have uh, Notre Dame Navy, USC, San Jose State, little baseball play today. But um, I did think about Karate Kid and, you know, he, he's painting this, the fence and he's waxing on and waxing off. And I think it was quite a leap to accept the fact that technically days later, Daniel's son was still doing exactly how like 
for as angry as he was, like, oh, now I'm your slave. What, what am I learning? I'm not learning anything. It would lead you to believe that he kind of slacked along the way with the technical uh, perfection of waxing on and waxing off as Mr. You think Miyagi he painted that fence? You think he strictly painted that fence like that? That's, all that's what the I mean. Way like, around. Show me not. paint the fence. I'd be like, oh, well, I did like this and I did like this, right? Like, that wouldn't that be how you did it? Like, no, you wouldn't be. Uh, no, this sticks in my mind. I kind of know where you're getting at here. Right. Anyway, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's garbage. And yeah. I, I, you know, this is a terrible thing to say about uh, the dearly departed, but I'm going to say it. Miyagi is a jerk in the first order. I mean, he, th this old man who slacks at his own job, keep in mind, right. uh, Daniel son and his mom move into that apartment. Right. And when mm -hmm. they walk in, they go by the pool and it's, and it's, it's, it's a horror show. It's a cesspool. It's, it's got like an eighth of the amount of water it should have. And the water that's in there is brown. Right. It, it, you know, yeah. it's in disrepair to put it kindly. And then they go like, well, we better talk to the landlord guy, the, the fix a guy. And he's in there cutting a bonsai tree. It's like, Hey, old man, we're paying you to get the pool. Right. You know, yeah. we're, what do you, what do you do with the gardening inside your bonsai garden? Right. Other and then, other than that, so I mean. we shouldn't be surprised, but now, so Danielson is this, is this poor, emotionally fraught teenager. And so he's looking for a friend and now mm. an 80 year old man's embracing him. That, that right. should be a red flag. And then the first order of business, now that he has this teenage in, in the fold is like, do some slave labor for me, you know, do, sure. do, do all this. Work. I'm not giving him any money. Now he gets him the car. He eventually gives him a car and that's mm -hmm. great. But you don't know that that's what Danielson has no reason to think he's getting one of those cars. He's just doing free work for the old man. Right. It all stinks. Yeah. His temper, he had a weird uh, disposition. Wouldn't lead you to believe that he'd stick around for a lot of it. Danielson. I agree. I agree. Uh, no wonder Ali dumped him. Yeah. Good move, Allie. Um, oh, so Garrett Wilson, back to uh, back to what we're talking about here. Finally, this, uh, finally, he gets the. I mean, he get when, when the quarterback calls you special in hard knocks. I think you move up eight to twelve slots in the next fantasy draft. Do you feel that about Garrett Wilson? He was the big winner of the episode. That's interesting. That yeah, that felt like. Yeah, somehow that had a quality of that it's not for the cameras. This is this is peer group conversation. Like all BS aside, yeah, that kid's real good. Like you know that mm. th that you felt like you were hearing something that wasn't necessarily for uh, hard knocks. Yeah, I, I I guess that that's the guy you look to for targets, especially now you hear Corey Davis has hung it up, and that's a legitimate concern. Mm -hmm for for this team that there's a, a practical lack of depth there um side note we are getting to the point now when you talk about these cuts and everything and now that they are delayed and they're all made at one time the the windfall of viable players is coming and that that's one of the new yeah. fangled things that happens in pro football like oh it's the eve of the season wait that guy's available oh they cut that guy oh we should get him on our team that's coming right. so i think the jets will try to solve some of that with with that uh, with that but yeah i think that's it feels to me like that the takeaway is Brees hall and dalvin cook and everything else going on there i feel like you know a hundred plus targets are coming towards uh, garrett wilson 
It's, yeah. Uh, well, I'll know game. this if, I, if in a couple of weeks when we're doing our draft, I bid $8 on Garrett Wilson. You come over the top for 35. I'm like, well, all right. This guy has been watching. Yeah. Well, you have to adjust too that rookie and uh, second year receivers now are more relevant than they were 10 years ago. They never did anything. You'd get crazy about those guys. But now is like, where are you taking Jordan Addison as a, for instance, this year? Is he worth the flyer for you relatively early? Well, let's take a look because on Caesars, it has the uh, obviously the category for most regular season receiving yards. And what is Wilson? 15 to 1, 15 to 1 to have the most. That's ambitious, but okay, right in there. Justin Jefferson, obviously the favorite six to one. Jamar Chase, seven to one, and Tyreek Hill, eight to one. Then Cooper Cup now back in the mix at nine to one. Garrett Wilson actually fifth after uh, those guys. Shaq, do you um, take one of those I mentioned or do you go off the board for a better value? Yeah, there's there's definitely um, some some great value options there. You mentioned the one. Nine to one Cooper cup. Let's remember where he left off. And, uh, uh-huh. and, and, you know, like we were talking about earlier in the week, um, I, I have a hard time throwing dirt on the Rams. I don't think they're going to be good. I think they're going to, you know, have a losing record when it's all said and done, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, one of these, I, I don't think they're a three and 14 team this year. I think that they have star power. I mean, exactly how bad can a team with the greatest defensive player, by many people's opinion, Aaron Donald, how, how bad can a team that has him and Matthew Stafford and Cooper, a uh, Cooper cup? Like, I mean, just, I know that's three players and I'm playing fantasy football yeah. when I say that, but uh, I'm not saying they're going 10 and seven or anything, but they can't stink. Cooper cup, you know, based on what ails this team, he's going to get a million targets this year. There's no one really distracting from that. So cups, a great bet. I, but the guy I'm going with, is Chris Olave down in, in new Orleans. Hmm. I, I like okay. him at 30 to one. I think, uh, you know, he is obviously was a star last year, barely. I mean, really could have been the rookie of the year. Um, and I think Michael Thomas opens things up for him large. I don't think Michael Thomas is going to return to what we saw him being three years ago, but I think Olave's ascent continues here. I think he's a fun. Yeah, value. from what I read, they say yeah, you know, they're not even expecting uh, whatever. This could just be the GMs and the coaches talking, but they, I think they, it sounds like they just want Michael Thomas to be a good number three receiver, right? Right. And Olave's the man. So uh, yeah, if that's the case, uh, that's a good number. What'd you say his number was thirty to one? Yep. Interesting. All right, I am going to go uh, Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, Jefferson's probably the right pick, but I think this Diggs Allen hating each other stuff is all noise and. That was before the biggest noisemaker in media, Stephen A. Smith weighed in. Maybe he's second. I don't know. Uh, Diggs had 1429 receiving last year. He was fifth. I don't know. I think like an injury or two plus increased production, and he could be right there. He had 500 yard games in the first seven last year. Uh, if Jefferson sits a couple, I like my chances uh, at 18 to one. So there you go, Stefan Diggs. Now, check. That makes I don't sense. Know. I yeah, I don't be yeah. answer. I, I really do. Uh, th- that Bills team, man. I I don't know what to think. It, uh, w- I think that third place is a possibility for them. Is mm. so. I guess I do have some thoughts on them. I wouldn't be surprised if they regress. Then again, they they should absolutely be chasing Jonathan Taylor right now. Why you wouldn't? If you think yeah. you have a chance of going to the Super Bowl this year, that you wouldn't be willing to give up a second round pick for a guy right. that you would use next spring 
And then he's a rookie. So you don't know if that second round pick. So really you're talking about 2025. Like, is that worth it? Not giving it up for right now to see if you can make a, a, a stronger run, right? Your Cowboys should be doing it. The Dolphins should be doing it. Get the Dolphins out because the is. most smoke is there around Miami right now. If they get him three to one to win that division will, uh, will suddenly seem like a good value bet. If they get it could be a lie, but they say they have two suitors, right? They've had two bids on, um, you know, and maybe that's, are they trying to fetch a first round pick? I'm sure they're trying, but uh, could they get as much as I I don't know. I I, I told you guys before the podcast, I used to be really good at predicting what player could get what draft pick or what, what kind of draft, what round draft or, you know, then Isaiah Simmons goes for a seventh rounder right to the giants today. I'm like, I'm off by like three rounds on all this stuff, but yeah, you're right. I think those are, if there are two teams interested, I think those are the four that should be uh, looking hard at uh, Jonathan Taylor for sure. Um, check. You mentioned Belichick. Probably you would put him on the list as one of your great coaches. I don't know. I would. A little controversial. I would. I, I, would. I, I will. I mean, like, what are we talking? <laughs> top five? Is that what we're talking about? Sure. He's yeah. I mean, five. this. This decade, last decade, yeah, top five, I think. Um, but anyway, he went. To, I mean, the uh, idea that I have to that that I, I'm crazy if I don't anoint him the greatest of all time is is an overreach to me. But I hear a lot of that. Like, are you crazy overthinking that? Well, well obviously, mm. cheated and at least a couple of times to get a couple of those Lombardis, right? I'm allowed to say that out loud, aren't I? Yeah, and listen, I know Hench is like in this world where everything's black and white, you know, was it Brady or was it Belichick that, you know, responsible for this team's success? It could absolutely be both, but does take a little bit of a hit, the cheating, as you mentioned, and the fact that Brady went on to win a Super Bowl without him. But it didn't stop him from going to see Taylor Swift the other day. Belichick Mm. went there and he praised Taylor Swift because she did like a three and a half hour concert in the rain and Belichick uh, stuck it out too. Spaghetti, you drove Belichick to this, right? That That's kind of what you do. You drive was, people to Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. Him and Jada, they're part of the crew uh, matching <laughs> wow. outfits and bracelets. It was pretty nice. Unbelievable. So he goes to this concert. Wonder, I, I say Sala wouldn't like me. Wonder if Belichick and Jada would get along. Wonder what they, those mm. two human beings would have to talk about. Probably not a lot. I think Jada, like her. Jada is a fan of solid hard knocks is weirdly one of her favorites. Her football season starts and stops at the end of hard knocks The beginning. That's it. Oh, that's and then great. once, once the games come on, she checks out, but hard knocks is her favorite thing. Really? What's to like about Bob Sala? Not to say he's a bad human being, but like what's, what's, what's winning her over about him? She liked the speech and the, I mean, again, she's not a football guy like us. I mean, you know, she's a casual observer. So when he gives, you know, the, the, the letters out here, commander and uh, all those things, contenders, she was like, Oh, that was cool. And then she loves Aaron Rodgers. She loves Quinn, Quinn Williams is MVP for her. So, I mean, yeah, it was uh he's he's a fun watch. He's good. I like, look, I like anything where people are calling each other fat for 20 minutes. Um, they they should have just kept that going, but um, but anyway, Belichick loves this Taylor Swift. In fact, I think she's like competing with Bailey Zappi for the backup role. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy how we went on and on. Babyface, you have a game for us here for me and Check. What is it? I do. I mean, uh, I, I thought these guys, uh, Belichick and Taylor Swift, more similar than you'd think. So mm-hmm. I was, I was mm-hmm. looking at some of their quotes and some of their lyrics, and, and I thought put it in a little game to see if you knew the difference. Uh, we'll go three each and and uh, no cap of consequences here. This is just to find okay. out who, who's a commander and who's not. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. You want to give Sheck the first one and we'll just alternate? That's how we'll do it. First one for Sheck. Here we go. 
We never painted by the numbers, but we are making it count. Oh, that's I mean, easy to me. That now you're back to Daniel son and the fence with the painting <laughs> all again. Uh, I'm going to go swift on that one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, well, how do I do? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you, yeah, that's my bet. No, uh, no, I'm, of course, right? Of course, you are right. That is Taylor Swift. That is oh. from the song "The One." One point for Dave. Mm, All okay. Right. Sal, you're up. A lot of performance yep. is based on confidence, knowing what you're doing. Well, I mean, that's just so it's 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 too bland to be Taylor, and that's uh, right. Maybe too flowery to be um, <laughs> Belichick, but I'll go. I'll go. Bill Belichick. That is that is correct. Coach Belichick right. is one one. That's the Sorry, trick. Nick? Two two questions in. I feel like right there is something just so vanilla about mm-hmm. every Belichick statement. Uh, maybe you'll prove me wrong here yeah. with this next. All right. All right. Okay. Here we go. If there is something that's your passion when you're young, do it. Mm. That's if there's something right. that's your passion when you're young, do it. Something that is your passion. That's correct. This is only for Dave, though. If there's Dave. something okay. that's your passion when you're young, do it. It's such a lame, obvious thing to say. <laughs> I'm going to go with Belichick. And you'd be correct. Two for two, Dave. Make these a little harder, Joel. Come on. It lacks, it lacks, all right, all right. It lacks a, uh, a floral vibe to it. Yeah. Okay. Do, right. do what you do. If you like doing stuff, you should do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, By the way, he was referring to his cheating. He's like, listen, I got to keep this going. That's what right? I like doing, yeah. Keep the spy cameras up. All right. So here we go, number two. Now we got problems, and I don't think we can solve them. Make these a little easier, Joel. No, uh, okay. Uh, oh man. Well, well, no. Belichick's never uh, doesn't take that defeatist attitude, does he? I'm going to say Taylor Swift. That that could have been about deflated balls, also, but it is not. That is Taylor Swift. That is Taylor. Okay, Swift. Dave, uh, back to you. There's nothing. There's nothing inherently rhythmic about the way Belichick talks. I would right. a, a lyricist <laughs> has that going for her, and you can yeah. kind of hear that with all these examples. <laughs> I'm not sure we're learning anything here. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Dave, all right, back to you. Uh, this could be for a clean sweep. Some boys are trying too hard. He don't try at all, though. <laughs> I mean, if that is Belichick, I don't know what. Uh, Malcolm Butler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he famously well. said that to Richard Seymour <laughs> at halftime of uh, of Super Bowl 30. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with Swift there. That is Taylor Swift. That is Taylor Swift. Worst game ever. <laughs> I believe I, I believe that is from the song Ready for It. Sal, back right. to you. My father was always. Stop me, Wait, so Belichick. So Belichick never said some boys got it, but <laughs> some boys. He's a twin. That wasn't Belichick. <laughs> go ahead, Joel. All right. Well, we could go back and talk about Andy Reid for another 20 minutes, too. My father was always just part of the team. He willingly accepted whatever responsibility he was given. That's <laughs> uh, Belichick, right? That is Bill Belichick, and we okay. And unfortunately, right, we have a tie. tie. It's a preseason it's a tie. tie. It's We're a really tie. good at this, Shaq. Yeah, that's a, yeah. They don't go overtime in preseason. So, all right, three three. We'll have to you accept are Swifties. It. 
Belichick's <laughs> got got a sense for pros not seen since uh, an operating manual. Oh, interesting. Is that an IKEA an IKEA directions manual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is he why did the that Patriots... because that's what he was supposed to do. He can never right. be on hard knocks. This is why uh, they can never, <laughs> never be on hard knocks. <laughs> All right, listen. With Spaghetti's uh, nerve, he's biting his nails right now. Now, he can pretend to like uh, hard knocks with Jada, but he's got a big, big game coming up. Notre Dame, Navy. Oh. Navy, no, Navy's a 20 and a half point underdog. The over-under is 49. Check, this is considered the largement movement of Americans for an international sporting event in history. 40, is that right? 000, yeah, I saw 40, Dan 000. Patrick is over yeah. there. His whole show is over there for the week. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense, right? Because uh, NBC affiliation, maybe. 40,000 U.S. citizens traveling to Dublin for Saturday's college game. They say it's bigger than Taylor Swift and not as popular as Beyonce. But I, I don't know. It's, uh, Eddie, give me a final score here. I can't believe you're not going. Uh, no, I can't believe I'm not going you either. You really should have spaghetti. That, that's a trip well, you should have made with the whole pasta clan. I wanted to make a trip to uh, to South Bend uh, with the family this year. So we'll see if that's still in the works. But uh, I think... Gonna, well, if you want bets right off the bat, I'm going to say Audrey Gestime. I think his total was around 78 and a half, 79 oh, and a half. That's going to go over. Okay. Notre Dame, the last seven uh, games they've played, they've hit the the total. They've hit the over on that. So I think it's around 40. Was it 49? I think mm-hmm. I like the over on that. Um, you know, I think if you want to see a game where the Sam Harmon passed the ball around the yard game, that's the game after first Tennessee state. Um, that's the first time in the school's history. Notre Dame is playing an FCS FBS matchup. They've never done it before. So I think you'll see him shine there, but like check always points out, um, no preseason for college football. So I think this is the game where like, they play pretty conservatively. We're like, Hey, our guys are better than your guys. Our O-line is significantly better than most O-lines in the country. We're just going to, uh, pound the ball on the ground. And I think you're going to see a lot of estimates. So I'll say final score. Um, I'll say Notre Dame in the low forties and I'll say Navy just because the triple option is kind of hard to, um, to figure out. They won't be able to pass on Benjamin Morrison and company. So I'll say Navy in the upper teens, Notre Dame, the low forties. Well, I'm looking at their their matchup last year, and Navy was home for that, right? You don't do like last year. You had like a 35-13 lead and, and yeah. blew, blew the cover. They had like uh, yeah. 19-0 in the second half. Was ended yeah. up a three and the best game, player in that but, game was Andre right. Gustave, who he rushed for like six yards of carry versus them. So. All right. The other one, Shaq, USC. Well, there's a bunch. There's a dozen, but these are the only two of note, I would think, even though there, there should be blowouts, both of them. USC, 31 points. Favorite 66 is six is the over under against San Jose State. I was looking at San Jose State last year, they hung tough with a few teams, but uh, they lose the Idaho Potato Bowl to Eastern Michigan by two touchdowns. Um, well, check out of these two games, give me a best bet. I am bullish on the Irish this year to get to at least nine, that gets them over their eight and a half season win total. Um, and I do like the fit with Hartman in, um, in South Bend there. And I think after the sluggish beginning to Freeman's tenure there, I think there's probably a mild interest in, in announcing themselves in 23 with their fancy new QB. I think they paced the midshipmen. I think they Mm. win by um, closer to four touchdowns than three touchdowns, but uh, I'll take that 20 and a half all day long. I think that, I think they whip them, but good. 
you know, there's a lot of talk and probably too much talk for this to have worked now at this point about blind betting the unders. So the college football, the big rule change is, Sheck, as you know, they don't now stop the clock on a first. Interesting. They used to. Yeah. That was the different. That was the difference between pro and college. They uh, in college, they stop on a first down to move the chains and then run the clock. They're not doing that anymore. They're running it in the in the name of safety, I guess. So and something is that what it is? It's not pace of play. It's why are there more injuries when for that? What does that have to do with If you get out of there in two hours and 10 minutes versus two hours and 30 minutes, it's uh, fewer car crashes, fewer people. Right. Exactly. But um, I mean, you might be right, too. I I read that it was injuries uh, was is always a concern. But um, but anyway, they say they could uh, this could shave off about three minutes from some games and especially a game like USC, a team like USC, who, you know, when they're favored by 30, they're probably going to have between 25 and 30 first downs. So uh, I'm blindly betting all the unders in week mm. zero and week one. And uh, I would parlay both unders, but officially I'm going under in the USC game under 66 and a half. But it's going to be interesting to see. I wonder if we'll even notice. Um, just watching. Boy, that's a that is an interesting trend that I think just from a a, a enjoyment standpoint um, mm-hmm. is going to dent college football. Those that stop the clock is a great, um, uh, you know, competitive advantage for the offense. Sure. Obviously, if you're trying to to rally, I you know, I didn't I, I didn't read about the reasons behind. I just assumed it was trying to pace the games up, but I, I it did. Obviously, every time I read about it, it occurs to me, boy, this is not going to be good for the sport. It's going to have less compelling uh, finishes yeah. by by definition. Obviously, there aren't going to be as many Remember rallies. Tried, I think it only lasted one year on the kickoff. You run the clock or you run the clock, run the clock after the kickoff or they ran the clock before the kickoff. Remember that? And then some coaches were just too smart for that and uh, really used it to their advantage. Remember Mike crazy? It was like seven or eight years ago. You The clock ran on a kickoff or something. After the that sounds right. I mean, I I don't like there there are things like the distinctions between college and pro. I like one foot down as a legal catch. The 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 Mm -hmm. second foot down. I the thing I like about college football all day over pro football is is that when you're down, you're down. You can't you don't have to be touched down to the ground. I think college football has it over the NFL, and I do Uh, like. I know it's a little bit of a uh, training wheels for the college kids, but I do like the clock stopping on first downs because it creates more exciting finishes at that level. So I, I think so too. Yeah, but that's a great like point that. that early in the season to track those unders. Well, those aren't big like me. Uh, if it, it might be, but maybe not enough. Like they never know how much to. I mean, sixty-six and a half is already a big uh, number, so it might be. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll look at it. But if any like me knows about it already, uh, it's probably too late. All right, let's take a quick break, and then Chuck and I will have. Uh, I'm guessing baseball picks. Only a few out there uh, for tonight. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, a little baseball action. There's a lot during the day. The Dodgers had to pick up their game against Cleveland, and it's uh, 4-1 in the eighth. The Yankees started an early one, 1-1 in the third. Judge, three home runs. Spaghetti, babyface. Mikey Meatballs delighted three home runs in Wednesday night's game. What were you saying, Joel, that he should go off on Cashman now, Aaron Judge? Well, first one? of all, he he hit another one, so you have to correct it. Uh, while we were okay, playing that Taylor Swift game, uh, yes, he, he just uh, hit fourth one. and five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, four, yeah, fourth home run and five at bats. So okay. he's going to catch Otani. It's only a matter of time now. Oh, sure. It's only a matter of six or seven years if he gets him this year. But what would you said he should go off on Cashman? I didn't understand that. Well, Cashman called this season a disaster. So, I mean, Cashman, you put this team together. This is uh, part of your responsibility. It, it only seemed right that the judge kind of uh, might have taken offense to that when went off last night. But uh, Cashman d- does deserve a little bit of responsibility here. I know, but judge can't. Judge had a, 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 a stubbed his toe and sat three months. And he should be able to go off on the GM because uh, they're, they're behind now. Twenty five well, to one to make the playoffs. Well, the GM that didn't the, want, the GM that didn't want to give him a contract, and he did GM. give him a he did pay him, and so right. far it, was, it wasn't a good move. I don't well, know if Judge could go off after after he had to do a set of record breaking season only after did he did he get the yeah money? but cashman's idea is well that's not going to happen every year and and so far through because of the, the toe injury he's right i don't know whatever i'm not going to well and surrounding that. him with guys like yeah. josh donaldson who you know he he still thinks that he has some sort of fountain of youth i know i'm it. just i just don't know if judge is the one who should be able to go off on him yankees 25 to 1 to make the playoffs mets also 25 to 1 oh it's going to come it's going to come down to the wire. It really is. No, it's not. Uh, but you mentioned uh, Otani, homered, and then left in the second inning. He has a torn UCL and won't pitch for the rest of the year. But there's still a no-check uh, odds on MVP. He's He's got it wrapped up. Uh, yeah, he's that. definitely going to be the MVP. But, uh, you know, I don't know how much this impacts where he's going to be playing next year. It is mm-hmm. super fun that I do get a vibe, and I'm not just saying this because Eddie Spaghetti floated it on minus three, mm-hmm. but is is the big solve for the 24 Yankees the assumption that that, that they're getting Otani is like that's is that their solution to things is to throw money around because I don't know that uh, like 
10 years ago, you would have been like, all right, there's a big name free agent. Let's just cut to the chase. Obviously, he's going to go to the Yankees because they're going to yeah. outspend everybody else. That doesn't feel like right. the case anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. And I heard you on minus three and you bring up a good point. Like what the hell do the Yankees, what is their lore? What does their history mean to Otani? Right? Like he, he, he missed all that. Right. So if that's going to factor into the equation at all, it probably doesn't. No. Like, yeah. Is Otani, like when he was, when he was 16, did he swoon for the CC Sabathia Yankees title? Probably not. Right. Right. Yeah. It meant the same to him as the Royals winning the title. Probably. Sure. All right, so let's give a pick of the day. We were successful, Sheck, on Tuesday. You had um, the Brewers over the Twins. I think you were laying even a run and a half. and that It was a little bit of a nail-biter there for a minute, but uh, they rallied to to make me a winner and hopefully you a winner as well today. A great ball game. Two teams separated by only a half a game as they chase um, a wild-card spot, at least down in the desert. Red legs, snakes Mm. going head-to-head. I'm going to play the pitcher here, Merrill Kelly, on the hump for the home team. Lay the run and a half against Brandon Williamson and the uh, and the Red Legs. Plus 122 is your payout. Nice. They've been tough. They've been tough, Arizona. They beat up on Texas, who all of a sudden is sliding. Um, I mean, it's very crowded at the top of the AL West. I mentioned the other day, the Mariners at 6-1. to one, You could have got them Sunday. They're now plus 280. To win that AL West, the Astros and Rangers are tied at top at plus 135. Rangers dropped six in a row. Now they travel to Minnesota. I think the slide continues. Twins have uh, Pablo Lopez on the hill, and uh, they're 13 and five when he starts as a favorite. Max Kepler, I think, provides the offense. Rangers lose again, 6 4. Gimme the Twins. Check uh, a couple more things. Will Levis gets a lifetime Mayo endorsement deal. Is it Hellman's game the deal? A fine question. I didn't know that Miracle Whip isn't mayonnaise. It's something else. I think is that right? Is that what? So Miracle Whip is just plain old mayonnaise called Miracle Whip. I think there's a difference. It's sort of like, um, you know, like um, whipped cream. Dream Whip. Dream Whip is the one in the in the like container, not the spray thing. Like it's the one that's in the bucket kind of thing. That's not that's not just plain old whipped cream. It's a little bit there. I think Miracle Whip is You're also right. not quite mayo. It's different. Mayonnaise for some is made reason. of oil, eggs, and vinegar. Miracle Whip has the same basic ingredients, but with less oil and the addition of water, sugar, and spices like mustard, sugar. paprika, mustard, paprika, and garlic. Even with these additions, Miracle Whip has almost half the calories of mayo and half the fat. I don't know that people know that, or is that the miracle part of it that we're supposed to? Watch on to. I don't know, but let me tell you something. I it is one of the great mysteries to my palate. I like oil, and I mm-hmm. like eggs, and I like vinegar. But if you mix mm-hmm. them together, it's one of the grossest things that can pass my lips. Maybe <laughs> the number one, like among pedestrian foodstuffs, yeah. mayonnaise is the most repellent to me. And why? Why? What weird voodoo goes on when you mix those things? I like them all. In fact, I'll put a little oil in the pan just before I drop my eggs into them on a mm. uh, on a Saturday morning, if you please. When I whip up uh, when I whip up some eggs for for the house, uh, you know right. that oil and eggs just fine by me. Not when they're blended together in that manner, though. Some weird poison comes out. So, which condiment would you chew if you were to get a lifetime endorsement deal? Would Dark it be mustard. Miracle Whip? Dark mustard. 
I, I Hines, support Hines. You got to go Heinz, right? Yeah, I support ketchup. Obviously, I support I everyone's it. right to put whatever you want on your wiener. This weird mm-hmm. thing that people do about like, oh, you're older than blank. Ergo, you can't use ketchup. Screw. Worry about your wiener. All right, I'll take care of mine. Um, so put ketchup <laughs> on it if you want it. But my favorite enduring condiment is the dark mustard. I like that too. And I would make it even spicier. I think maybe we could mm. come together. Maybe we could, uh, because my pick would be Tabasco sauce, but I think I would have, Number to have one, fun with it. I wait, wait, so, wait. Number yeah. one condiment of all is Tabasco? Well, that, not, not that my favorite, but that I would like to have an endorsement oh. deal because I think I could go and make hidden camera bits out of it, put some of my Aunt Chippy's cereal and, and stuff like that. Uh, hot sauce, but I also do put it on almost everything. I mean, I put it on, this is going to gross you out. I'll put it on like tuna fish and matzo. Uh, I, I can't get enough. Anything egg, anything egg related, it goes right on. And uh, even like the, I, the I, I'm more, I mean, steak. I think I, you, you sound like uh, you're stuck in 1997. Tabasco, the, the advancements in hot sauces over the oh, ensuing year. I mean, like the discovery stateside of Sriracha has, you yeah, know, I both I know. blows Tabasco out of the water. No, Come on. I know people have to look at me like I'm nuts. And when I ask them if they have uh Tabasco and they just put the Frank's red hot. Right? Frank's red yeah, hot is better than, than Tabasco. To me, it's the thin mint. It's a uh, classic and you got that taste. I don't know. It, it's just stuck on me. Okay. Um, by the way, the El Segundo uh, little leaguers, they win again. They are in, what is it, Michael? They're like in the semifinals now, right? Semifinals today, final Saturday against Texas if they win? I believe so, yes. Yep. And it was a controversial call. It's 3-3 in the bottom of the fifth. And Lewis comes to bat. I call them by their first names now. I know them all. And uh, I think Cody or Caden was on base, maybe Lucas. But anyway, Lewis hits a home run. Uh, They mob him at the plate. And to make it 5-3 in the bottom of the fifth, they only play six innings. And the catcher for the other team is going nuts, like really losing his mind on the umpire saying that Lewis didn't touch home plate. Hmm. And uh, and the umpire's like, all right, well, you got you to gotta appeal it the correct way. The pitcher's got to go to the mound. He's got to step off the rubber. You got to call timeout. You have to say you're appealing. And then you throw it home and you step on the plate. And then I'll call safer out. Well, the umpire really looked like he was getting bullied by this kid. And uh, and they called the kid out. They called him out. They said he didn't touch the plate. And the, the replay clearly shows that his left foot was squarely on home plate. So basically, this umpire is like, oh, boy, this kid who turned 12 in May is angry at me. I better reverse my call, even though I didn't see it. Anyway, it was a weird moment for a little. It would have been the worst call in baseball history on any level, I think. But uh, go El Segundo uh, Little Leaguers. It's uh, what we have our where Mikey Meatballs lives. You watching it, Mikey Meatballs? It's going to be a good one. Me and Scott, uh, Scott the Grizz Holland's watching every pitch. Yeah, I love it. All right, they've been favored every game. So uh, go El Segundo, boys. And, don't, um, uh, don't honor that. Don't honor that. It's not. What do you mean? It shouldn't be on TV. Don't you understand? Oh, some yeah, kid, I heard it. Don't I you know. understand? At least one kid 
is going to suffer emotional harm. There is some crying. I mean, it, it's immediate too because you you see them crying on. Of course. The field, what do you think is going to happen? Love or something. I, I don't know. know if you heard the news. A team is going to win, and you know what that means. A team's going to lose, and a team's going <laughs> to lose probably because one kid or multiple kids does something wrong, and then that poor kid's going to have to suffer the, for the rest of his days carrying it around. Oh, weren't you that kid who screwed up that play back on TV? Uh, yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, that was me. Imagine that. Imagine. So what, so let me ask you, so what, at what age do feelings not matter? Cause obviously they don't, we talk sports all day long and it doesn't matter. We don't care about you know, the losers feelings uh, for grownups. So what, not 12 year olds, not 19 year olds, where do you draw the line? I mean, I clearly based on the latest scandal to it in like Ryan Clark mentioning his weight Everybody's feelings are subject to be hurt. So from this point forward, I'll never say bad about anyone again. Okay, good. All right. That's good. <laughs> I think you could keep that up. It's my know, way. It's my way. Anyway. I, you know, I it's it. my way. I, I don't have any raw feelings. So. All right. Listen, minus three. Yes. Mark Caboli, right? Oh, he's the All best. Did we? Pittsburgh. Well, yeah. we do. Yeah, we jump in on the, the Steelers pretty hot and heavy. And he is in mm. that group of people now. This weirdo group like he's uh, I don't want to spoil. He's he's all singing songs about Kenny Pickett and the personnel changes and everything else. What's mm. your record? Eight and nine. Eight and nine. What are, the, eight oh. nine? What are you talking about? So anyway, we, we deep dive yeah. on that. So it's it's good. But the national media, the the ongoing whispering about mm -hmm. this as though it's like a secret like no one's talking about the dark horse Steelers except me what shine are you getting off of this <laughs> by saying no one else is talking about this when everybody else is talking about it right. weird weird I know. I'm with you by the way it just occurred to me as we wrap up here exactly what I said you put me on the spot I was I, I, I answered armpit farts or something what I would say to the Cowboys at the end of training camp and it's simply this I want to remind you guys, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. See you next week.